Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about my friend and colleague, Dr. Holly Tucker of ChiroNumbers.com. Have you been in practice a few years now and you're wondering when your business will start to reward you financially? Are you so overwhelmed with the day-to-day business management that it is hard to see your success? Or are you trying to expand your team and worried about the impact to the bottom line? Dr. Holly is a certified profit-first professional and a chiropractor herself who has managed multiple practices over the past 10 years and consults specifically on implementing the cash flow system of Profit First for chiropractors. Simplify the way you look at stats, metrics, and your own compensation through this methodology by working with someone with unique experience in your business model. Visit bit.ly bit.ly slash numbers to get your guide and video training. Download the first two chapters of Profit First and subscribe to her weekly five-minute Friday series on profitability. Start to feel less overwhelmed, avoid burnout, and clean up your finances so you can focus on patient care. Again, that's bit.ly slash numbers for access to Dr. Holly's resources. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, I'm going to discuss the truth of scaling your practice. This will be a a solo episode. And uh, in the Chiropractic Success Academy, we are developing playbooks, right? And these will be playbooks on certain things for your practice that uh, really will help you have systems, right? And ultimately help with scaling. Uh, And I think there's a lot of misconceptions of what scaling a practice is or even just the term you know it's become a buzzword and I think with the tech world we've um, really thought about scaling in a way like uber or something like that where you know chiropractic practice is going to be a little bit different and so I think a lot of people have translated it to scaling to having multiple offices right and that's definitely part of it uh, but it doesn't have to be uh, I think one of the biggest issues that I see with chiropractors is they have a hard time scaling one practice and that's what I'm going to really dive into today right and because if if you don't scale one practice forget two or ten clinics uh, we can get to that point at another time but you, you got to scale one practice first And at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a link to where you can actually uh, download this particular CSA playbook of scaling. And uh, it's like a six-page PDF that I put together, put a lot of thought into. Uh, The scaling thing has been, you know, one of those things where I've been thinking a lot about over the past year or so because so many people talking about it. Uh, Then over the last few months, I started reading some books about it. Uh, one in particular, I'm going to mention a few in this particular PDF, um, but one is The Voltage Effect by John List, and uh, it was a really good book. You know, uh, it gets in the weeds a little bit. He's the 
who was like the chief economist for the Bush administration, although uh, ironically, he does not lean that way politically, but uh, he's just a foremost authority in it. And so he had joined that administration on scaling a lot of the government projects and then ultimately <clears throat> helped scale Uber and now is with Lyft. Uh, so he's with the competitor. Uh, but it was a good book. And there's different other things I've been kind of diving into to really be able to um, dissect this out. And, and again, I think something that I enjoy doing is is taking a topic uh, and, and trying to bridge that gap for you uh, as it pertains to uh, the chiropractic practice and the chiropractic industry. And so that's my attempt today during this podcast. Uh, so let's uh, let's dive right into it in, uh, you know, what is scalability, right? What is scale? And so let me just define it uh, by what John List of the voltage effect does. And uh, quote, be it a medical breakthrough, consumer product, technological innovation, governmental program, or any other enterprise, the path from early promise to widespread impact requires one thing and one thing only, scalability, which is the capacity to grow and expand in a robust and sustainable way. And that simple definition applied to the practice, right? A capacity to grow and expand in a robust and sustainable way is important. Again, it doesn't mean it has to, you have to expand outside of the one office. It just means you need to grow and expand potentially within one office first and do it in a sustainable manner. Uh, which honestly is why I love content marketing, right? Um, because it is a sustainable way to grow and expand your practice. It's not a sugar high like some of these one-off tactics or strategies. So uh, that is really the, dis the, the definition of scalability. And so let's start to try to unpack that a little bit uh, for the chiropractic practice, right? Um, you know, scaling one office... Uh, is so important for for many reasons. And I'm just going to go through a handful of these. And again, you'll be able to reference the PDF uh, at the end here. But one, it's going to improve your profit margins. Uh, I've kind of harped on that over the last six months because it's, it's really the backbreaker for a lot of practices and not having profit margin. Uh, and you can't pay yourself what you want. You can't hire the team you want. You can't have the office you need. The equipment you need. Um, and so scaling really allows for improved profit margins. Next, it, it will prevent professional burnout. Uh, I've had, I've interviewed specialists on that particular issue, right? One of the, I think, fundamental flaws of our chiropractic practice is burnout. And it's because there's not scalability within the practice. You're not functioning in your unique ability. Right? You're not fascinated, motivated by what you're doing professionally within the practice. Uh, you, you, you need to be able to do that, and scalability allows for that. Scalability also allows for charging what you are worth. And we're going to dive into the math a little bit here in a, in a minute. You're going to get better patient outcomes. Right? Uh, enhance continuity of care for your patients. Right? How many times do you have that patient comes in eight times and Every visit was just a little bit different, <laughs> and different in a bad way, not because you were progressing them. It just was random acts of treatment or rehab or they got laser one day and didn't the other. And they don't know why they weren't explained to it. They're confused, right? It's kind of like when you go to that 
I was realizing this once because I was going to a uh, a barber, and I felt like every time I went, and it was like six times, um, it was I had to re-explain. You know, obviously I get it; it's different. They're not taking patient notes like like we are, but I had to explain what I wanted. I felt like the haircut I got each time was different. Sometimes I'd get this sometimes I wouldn't get that it just had no rhyme or reason it just was random and I think that sometimes happens in our in our patient continuity from visit to visit and so you got to you know scalability of systems and, and processes allows for more continuity of care for your patients if you have really scaled your one office or multiple it's going to increase the valuation of your practice so if you go to sell it at some point it will be worth more okay and ultimately, it's going to allow for better team members, okay? They're going to be able to function within a team and a process and system that is going to allow them to flourish and also function within their unique ability. And so if you can scale a practice, those are the things you're going to be able to achieve. And I'm sure that sounds good to you. And I'm sure some of them, as I had mentioned them, kind of send alarm bells off in your mind. It's like, I really would like to have, uh, you know, not being burned out or better profit margins or more continuity of care, right? And so that's what uh, scalability will allow. And, you know, right out of the gates in this particular PDF, I, I dive into the math of things. Um, you know, I, I had an interesting story recently with a Medicare patient who, uh, you know, we charge for active release technique. Our doctors are certified in active release technique. And as you know, Medicare doesn't cover that, uh, only uh, covers the spinal manipulation. Um, and that particular patient really just wanted us to bill Medicare for the spinal manipulation that we did do. And I, you know, he didn't want to have to pay the $50. And he was like, well, you know, $50 plus $36, whatever it is, per changes, like that's like $87. And, and we spent, you know, 15 minutes with them and I didn't dive into this enough, but I, I just basically explained to him that if we just spent, if we spent 15 minutes with him and, and just accepted what Medicare did, I, I did do the math for him. I was like, look, that if I did that in mass and I got $37 for 15 minutes, you know, and I saw four people in an hour times 37, I was like, no offense but that's massage therapy money. And we as a healthcare office um, have extensive overhead and we need to be able to have a capacity of 250 to $350 an hour in our practice for it to have enough viability. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't even dive into the eight years of education and skill set that we have, but I, you know, it just was something that he, he got once I kind of explained to him in that, uh, we were doing a unique service such as active release technique and Medicare doesn't pay that. So it went fine. But the problem I see is that per hour max capacity, right? Uh, yeah, there's going to be times where you're only seeing one person an hour because you're slow, but you need to have the capacity, the ability every hour in your treating uh, schedule to see 250 to $350 an hour um, capacity, you know, the capability of that in your practice to have enough profit margin. I'm seeing too many times, and I've harped on this, uh, where you're getting $60 a visit on average, 
and you're spending like, you know, 25, sometimes it's 30 minutes, which is $120 an hour. That's not going to cut it. Sometimes it's like 20 minute visits and you're getting 60 bucks and you technically could get three, but you get a little stressed out with fitting three in at 20 minutes. So you usually end up seeing two and it's $120 again, or you see three and it's $180, but you're in, you know, Chicago, right? So that's just not going to work. And that's going to really, really be the, it's kind of like the table stakes for scalability. Okay. If you don't get this one thing right, you're never going to scale your practice. And so right out of the gates, you got to make sure the math works and you need to figure out the money per hour capacity that's going to allow for scalability in your practice. And so if you're going to see two people an hour, you better be charging $125. I know it sounds crazy to you, but that's what you got to be charging. Or you got to figure out a way to see more people an hour and be clinically efficient and charge less, but see more people. I've got practices that provide an extremely high level of care. They're in network with insurance and they're in a particular state that does not pay well, but they've put systems and people around them to be able to scale and see 800 people in a month and do it well because they got a good team around that and they figured out the math and the margin. And so it can be done. And I know some of you might be kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm rehab based and I can't see four or five patients per hour. It just, you know, I'm not going to be able to give the, uh, the best type of care. And I, and I think a few remedies to that is, you know, you could do that if you had the profit margin and team around you to offload some of the aspects of care that aren't maximizing your license. Uh, something that I learned a few years ago was from Josh Satterley, and he talks about maximizing the chiropractor's license when you're talking about that clinic gym hybrid model and how you really need to be trying to get to a point where you can delegate the things that you uh that you don't have to do, but, and only do the things only you can do because you have the license to do it. Right. And so things like rehab and laser and stuff, you really want to get to a point where you're not doing that, but you have to have the math to work, to have the margin to start seeing a certain amount of people that then allows for enough meat on the bone to hire those people. Okay. Number two is improving your clinical efficiency. Uh, I did a great episode uh, a couple months back early. I think it was earlier in a year with Dr. Brett Winchester on clinical efficiency and how to have like a really thriving practice and be clinically efficient and for the math to work. And, and he just brought a ton of insights and that was episode 264. So if you haven't listened to that one, I mean, that's, you got to start right there. Okay. And, and realize some of the best in the world uh, are really clinically efficient and are running a very healthy practice from a, from not only a patient outcome standpoint, but also a profit margin standpoint. And then it allows them to put a great team around and that team provides a great level of care. We have this misconception that you have to do everything. And like, as long as I have me, uh, they're going to get great care, but they're actually going to probably get better care if you have a great team around you and they're getting it from different angles, right? And you're able to focus your energies on the examination and the, the, let's just call it manual therapy, uh, however you want to define that and getting the best of you in that particular realm 
and then getting the other stuff from other experts within your practice. All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google uh, without buying ads and darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Hey doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfields Chiropractic Office Design is here to elevate you wherever you're at and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources. And you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image and there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. Okay. The third thing is, is realize you are a results-based profession, not a time-based one. Um, there was a little bit of a, a exchange on my episode where we talked about branding and that was a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, we talked about that. It's like, there's a lot of people, we, we have this uh, thought that people value coming in and spending 30 minutes in our practice, 45 minutes in our practice. And in that episode, we kind of went back and forth with, it was with Rick Mayo. And he's like, you know, if I can get the same results in 10 or 15 minutes, he's like, sign me up for that. He's like, I want results and efficiency. And so you are a results-based profession, not a time-based one. Yes, there's a point of no return for sure. Uh, if you're spending three minutes with a patient, not gonna, not probably gonna get the results uh, that you want. And so you make sure you understand that um, to where, you know, again, start with that math and then figure out how it works. Now, I've had people on my podcast that have done it the other way, and it's great, right? Like James Spencer. A couple of years ago, I interviewed him. He charges $500 to spend an hour with him. And he does a lot of cool stuff. A lot of rehab, dry needling, man, manual therapy. I mean, he's like, he, he really does a great job, but he charges what he's worth. So the math works. You can see one person an hour because it's 500 bucks, right? You may not get there. You could, but you just, 
you just got to do the math, however you want to slice it. Office visits and how much you're getting on average for a patient. That's how you do it. All right, let's transition a little bit. And uh, there's another book, uh, like I mentioned, I was going to reference some, and it's called Pinnacle uh, by Stephen Prada and Gregory Clear. Uh, it's actually interesting. Uh, the, these two that wrote it, came from the school of EOS and that book Traction. And the book has a lot of similarities to the book Traction. He does reference it a lot and gives all the proper uh, resources and everything like that. But I almost felt like I was reading a, just a, a kind of a alternate version of Traction, but I got a lot out of it. Because I hadn't read Traction in probably five years. And there was some definitely unique stuff in it. But in that book, he talks about the flywheel effect, which is actually a... Um, it's a uh, Jim Collins reference and from Jim, Jim Collins is kind of like the godfather of business and from good to great and stuff like that. And in, in that book, uh, Pinnacle, he talks about the key, uh, you know, key drivers of the flywheel effect. And basically the flywheel effect is you think about this big rotational, almost like a Ferris wheel type of thing. And it's moving slowly. You know, you, you open up your practice and it's like you're, you're pushing this thing and it's moving slowly, but then it's starting to get some momentum and momentum. And then all of a sudden this thing is spinning really well because of the momentum that's going. And, and that's the flywheel. And, and uh, typically there's always a key driver of, of the flywheel. And in the book, Pinnacle, he talks about certain things like profit per X, right? Well, like for an airline, it, it might be profit per seat. Uh, for Starbucks, it would be profit per cup. Right? You know, as a chiropractor, you could you could determine it to be your profit per patient visit, right? Uh, and so there's uh, different ways you can do it. And I'm going to explain what our driver is. But in the book, um, you know, Jim Collins was was actually uh, brought in as a consultant to Amazon in the early days, I think it was like 2001, to help Amazon develop their flywheel. And so in this PDF, I lay out their flywheel and the key driver, I just found this really interesting. And then I you know, reverse engineered it into, into our practice. But the key driver for Amazon is, and this is gonna make perfect sense to you now, but this was back in the day, uh, early on, it was like the roadmap for them, but hadn't they hadn't fulfilled it. And I remember, I remember like there was an interview. I think it was on sixty Minutes with Jeff Bezos. I think you can Google it. It's or uh, YouTube it. It's a really it's really worthwhile. But the guy interviewing him, I forget who it was on sixty Minutes, was kind of condescending. And because if you remember, Amazon took many years to become profitable. They operated in the red for quite a long time. And there's going to a point where like the shareholders and you know, like kind of get a little frustrated. Like, what's going on here? And the interview interviewers like kind of condescendingly asked like, well, you know, what's the business model? Like, how come you guys haven't turned a profit? And, and now as you, as you listen to it now in 2022 and you listen to Jeff Bezos' answers, you're like, God, what a genius. At the time, if you watch it, you might've been like, uh, I don't know, this guy's off his rocker. But you look back on it, it's like, wow, what a visionary. And so their flywheel is the key driver is lower prices on more offerings, right? That's their driver. What that does is increase customer visits to Amazon. What the increased customer visits does is it attracts more 
third-party sellers. What more third-party sellers allows for is it expands the store and extends distribution. I mean, think about Amazon. Now, I ordered something the other day from Amazon, and it was at my door like four hours later. We have a big distribution center by my house. And so the as we've known, and, and depending on where you live, you see these Amazon delivery trucks like insane. So there's two things that they've done is they've expanded the distribution centers. There's so many big ones now everywhere. And they have their own delivery truck service now, which has extended their distribution. And then what that's done is help grow revenues per fixed costs, right? Like if you're in retail, the more you can you know, scale or buy in bulk, like that, you can grow the revenues per fixed cost. And then what that's allowed for is even lower prices on more offerings, which is that key driver. So that's the flywheel, right? That momentum is going. And you, if you're a visual person, you can download this PDF and see the, the diagram. It'll make sense to you. Um, and they just rinse and repeat. And, and Amazon is obviously a, a just massive company now because of that flywheel. And so I started thinking, it's like, you know, what's the flywheel in my practice? What's the flywheel in your practice? What's that, what is that key driver? And then what are the things that that allows for, right? And so for my practice, you know, a couple things. Um, we're, we're a higher cash rate. We're at a network. Um, you know, we see three or four new auto accident patients per month, not a ton, but the reimbursement on that is, is pretty significant. And that helps drive up our office visit average. And so we are at about $87 average, right? That's that OVA number, which is high. You know, a lot of people are in the 50s, some in the 60s. And so we're close to almost like two times the amount. Like for every one patient we see, it's like two patients and a lot of other maybe in-network, lower reimbursement insurance scenarios. And I've looked at it and I was like, you know, I think I'm pretty sure we can get to $90 an office visit average. And if we got to that $90 per visit, that would really be the key driver. And what that, so if that $90 OVA is, is our key driver, that would really optimize for higher margin uh, higher profit margins, right? And our, our patient base per visit would have a higher margin, like we talked about before. Higher margins allows me to invest in A players, office environment, and strategic marketing. If I've got healthy profit margins, I can afford to hire A players, doctors and team members. I can have a nicer office. I can like we're in the process of starting the renovation of our office and investing a fair amount of money into that to have that wow factor. You know, we've already got a good, big, nice office. But again, I've talked about on the podcast before. It's 10 years old and it needs to be updated. And it allows for me to spend money on marketing and also get out and do things in the community and spend money on dinners and things like that around networking. And so I can reinvest money into strategic marketing that's going to attract those higher margin patients, right? A lot of you kind of scoff at spending money on ads or whatever, uh, because you just don't have the margin. You can't imagine spending $1,250 a month on Google ads and another 
500 on Facebook and then another thousand a month on meals for connecting with people in the community or, or whatever it is. So then when I have the ability to invest in a player's office environment and strategic marketing, I end up with a great team, a great office environment, which allows for optimal patient experience. So that is now allowing for the optimal patient experience. A great patient experience and compelling marketing drives more referrals of ideal patients and in rinse and repeat. And that is currently the flywheel we have in our practice, which has been able to, you know, we've been at kind of $83, $84 a visit. This first six months of the year, we're at like 87 so it's creeping up a little bit. But even in the low to mid-80s, it's allowed for this fly, as long as we still see a certain amount of office visits per month, it's but it doesn't have to be 800 which is fine. I mean, I wouldn't mind being at 800. Um, but you get the idea, like it's the flywheel has been going well, which is the reason why uh, I've been able to exit patient care. And we've done very well with that. I mean, I, the last couple of months, I, mean, I just exited patient care last week, but I had like four patients last week. And the last couple of months, I really wasn't seeing many because we had a plan, which I outlined in last week's episode to offload me. But a big part of that was a strategic marketing plan and a players around me. I was able to invest in all that to make it happen because of the margin, right? Going back to the beginning of this episode and why it's so important. And so that's really the key driver for me and been helpful. Another great model that you can utilize to start figuring out how to scale, because a lot of it's going to come down to finances, is I really like looking at that profit first model. And in the PDF, um, I put I put in Michael McCallowitz's little table he has for based on your revenue range per year, you know, how much should be going to profit, owners pay, tax, operating expenses. Um, I highly recommend checking out Dr. Holly Tucker. Uh, she's able to um, bridge that gap. She's trained in profit first, but obviously is also a chiropractor. So she knows all the nuances of chiropractic practice and combining it with profit first. Uh, I've used the example. I feel like what makes me strong with the combination of marketing and chiropractic is that I know all the nuances of chiropractic and I can apply marketing to that. And it's the same way with Holly. And, and so, um, check her out for sure. And so I put that table on there and I can give you an idea of like, okay, how much profit should we have in the practice? How much should I be paying myself? What should be going to operating expenses? And then that allow you to build a fundamental base to where you can start actually making accurate decisions financially. Okay. So check that out. I think it's a great way to kind of get your fundamentals, you know, because so many people are like, I, I don't know if I can afford to hire a front desk person. I was like, well, let's look at the numbers. Let's have a plan. Let's say how much how much is going to go towards operating expenses. And if you're bringing in 20,000 a month, you know, you probably should be able to hire a front desk person within that percentage range of operating expenses. And then if you do, it's an investment in your team, which is going to allow for a better patient experience. And it's going to get that flywheel going, like I mentioned. All right, let's turn our attention a little bit to something I see a ton of, um, and I want to ask you a question about it is, 
and be honest with yourself. Uh, how many $20 an hour tasks are you doing all day? All right. Imagine if you cut the majority of those out and you were only doing the things in your practice that drove more business, basically $250 an hour tasks, right? Treating patients, creating marketing content, community outreach, networking, public speaking, creating vision and strategy for your practice. Those are $250 an hour tasks, not, not checking someone in and out, not taking their payment, right? Uh, too many chiropractors are doing $20, hour, hour, $20 an hour tasks and they're busy because of all that, but are you productive? And Gregory Cleary uh, in that book, Pinnacle, has a great phrase and I, and I just love it. And I keep on saying it to myself now when I find myself doing something I shouldn't. And it is uh, act your wage, right? Instead of act your age, act your wage. And you need to start acting your wage in your practice. And that's what's going to allow for better scalability as well. So a good exercise you can do, and this is where I got from one, one of the ones I got from strategic coaches, do an activity inventory. Uh, take a week and look, write down every damn thing you d- do in that practice. Start looking at which ones are $20 an hour tasks and how, how can you either delegate that to a team member or outsource it to someone else. Uh, it's, you, you, need to have an, you need to start investing in yourself, and, and this is one way of doing it. Okay. Um, another concept I liked, you know, I, I've always been a big planner. And, um, I, I just really like to strategize around a vision and, and, and have a good plan and follow through with it. And it's just served me well, uh, in the book voltage effect, like we mentioned, uh, he has a term or a concept I should say called backward induction. And I'm going to read the definition of that from John in the book there. Quote, this fancy sounding term simply means to reason backward in time from the best outcome possible of your current problem. Whether that's winning the game of chess you're playing or creating a new educational curriculum that remains cost effective at scale and design your strategy accordingly. To put it another way, to get from here to there, I have to walk my mind backward from there to here. By using logic to carefully imagine what victory or success at scale realistically looks like, you can then uncover all the necessary steps you would have to take. Once you have thoroughly imagined these necessary future steps, you can implement them in the present. The best chess players use backward induction, as do people whose ideas maintain high voltage at scale. Unquote. So, Another term might be reverse engineering, right? So what what I want you to think about is like, what is preventing you from scaling? What's like the big thing? And, you know, and use that backward induction to solve that. I want you to sit down and really figure out your flywheel key driver as well. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you some homework to do. Okay. All right. So people and processes for scaling, right? Um, you really can't scale without people and processes. Another word, you know, again, a buzzword we hear for processes is systems, right? Um, and so you, you gotta, you gotta have good people and good processes. I personally think the perfect minimum viable team to scale a practice effectively is a rock star front desk, a Swiss army knife CA, 
and the doctor, right? Um, you need to be hiring batteries included team members who are both A players as far as performance and values. Uh, Jay Greenstein presented our first mastermind back in January this year, and he touched on a lot of that. Uh, the MP3 calls it mindset, purpose, people, and processes. And you can access uh, that information um, at his link. It's in this PDF. So just get the PDF. I got a bunch of links in it as well. Um, but you've got to get good people around you. And when you get good people around you, it then allows you to have good processes, okay? And, you know, the processes that you really need to be considering, and it's not limited to, here's just some. It's a pretty good list, but not all of them. And this is what we're kind of working through with CSA with these playbooks. But you need to be attracting and retaining talent. Okay? You need a process for the front desk. You need a patient experience process marketing planning, team meetings and communication, patient adherence, optimization, report of findings, community outreach and networking, and practice finances, which we obviously dove into a lot today. Again, there's more to it, but that's a pretty healthy list, right? All right, so your homework. Um, your first homework is to download this PDF because it's got a good a lot of good information on there. Um, if I must say, <laughs> uh, you know, I was able to do this. Uh, you know, one of the problems I've had with juggling patient care and MCM was, and and ultimately, you know, just a, a lot of coaching and stuff was been not having enough time to do deep work. Well, this has been this was kind of the first deep work session I had since exiting patient care. And uh, I felt like I was very productive. And I felt like this is turning into a, a pretty good podcast episode that and that's my goal. One of my goals is out of patient care is having more deep work time to really be able to serve you even better. And, and so I'm hoping this episode has been helpful for you. And you, you'll see where we're going to try to really put a lot of effort into creating more value for you. Um, all right. So your homework is, one, do the math of your hourly capacity for patient care. What is that current number? Is it $250 an hour or is it $150 an hour? Number two, what is your current office visit average dollar amount? Take your last 12 months total patient collections and divide it by your total number of office visits for that 12 months. Uh, we do have an awesome tool in the CSA digital dashboard as part of that um, subscription. Number three, what percentage of profit and pay do you want for your practice? Again, that's from that kind of profit first model. Number four, determine what your key driver of the flywheel effect will be and draw out the four to six steps in your practice's flywheel. Five, set your new goals for your practice. Six, what people and processes will you need to achieve those goals? Seven, what marketing community outreach leading indicators will you need, right? Those are the things you need to be doing to move the needle. And, you know, when you set those new goals, number five, I had to set your new goals for your practices. I want you to think about what the backward induction would be to achieve those, okay? And so that's your homework, and that is scaling a practice. It doesn't have to be complicated. We, you know, it's been this kind of 
mystical thing for many. And, and I think this really gets you on the right path of starting to scale your practice. And, uh, you know, no matter where you're at in this process, it can be done. It's been fun over the last three or four years of coaching people because a lot of them that have actually put the work in have actually done this. And it's pretty cool. All right. That's it for this week's episode. I will talk to you next week. All right, here is your link for the free scaling PDF that we've talked about in this podcast. That is bit.ly bit.ly forward slash CSA scaling. That is bit.ly forward slash CSA scaling. And you will be able to find that in the show notes. That is it for this week's episode, but before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, there's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. We have all kinds of resources for you there. And we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough and we'll see you next week.